Good evening. I'm very impressed you've come out this evening. Lovely weather, lots of street parties. So thank you for coming. So this weekend has been obviously a very significant uh, moment in the life of His Majesty, King Charles III. And we pray that our simple evening this evening of uh, meditation will be a big part of what we do tonight. Meditation on the Word of God may be significant in our own lives too. Shall I pray for us? Almighty God, King of kings, Lord of lords, by the leading of your life-giving spirit, help us tonight to hear your voice, to pray and to praise you and to encourage one another to the praise of your glory. Amen. So last Sunday, I won't ask you to say whether you were here or not, but last Sunday, uh, Saab set us a challenge. He encouraged us to, to meditate on six verses from Romans 8 during the week. What do they say about God? What do they say about humankind, the human condition? And what do they say about you personally? You may also have seen the email that was sent out just as a a nudge and a prompt for that. If this is the first you've heard of that, don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. Because tonight we will meditate on these verses together. And if you have had time during the week, it'll be interesting to see how tonight builds on what you've experienced during the week. Some things take time. Here are three examples of things that take time. Um, My middle son is really good at making coffee. He knows the science. There's a precise process. It isn't rushed. The coarseness of the ground beans, the compression so that the water can percolate through Percolate means filter gradually. It takes quite a while. But oh, what a cup of coffee. The last one he did, I had about, what time was it? About five in the afternoon. <laughs> I was awake a lot of the night. <laughs> but it took some time. Uh, another example is, um, I'm a child of the 70s. Well, I was born in the mid-60s. And you may remember gobstoppers. Do you remember gobstoppers? Do you remember the really big ones you could get? Yes. Solid balls of sugar. I wouldn't recommend them, by the way. But you could suck one of those for a really long time. And do you remember every now and then you'd like take it out and go, oh, it's red. Probably <laughs> back, oh, it's yellow. They would change color. It took quite a time. Third example, and this is a more serious one. Last March, um, we had four Monday evenings where we um, prayed just over there for Ukraine for an hour on a Monday. Um, And one of our friends in the church, when he was praying for Ukraine, he read Psalm 27. And since that day, uh, I don't feel I've left Psalm 27. I keep going back to it again and again. It's just 14 verses. But a year on, it keeps on giving 
new richness and depth. Inspired by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God helping us understand it. It's the inexhaustible living word of God. And sometimes it takes time, doesn't it? I don't know if this is your experience. It takes time that we read something once and then again and then we learn it perhaps and then we think about it and a week goes by and a month goes by and we go back to the same words and the Lord in his graciousness reveals us, reveals things to us. Colin reminded us last week that Christian meditation um, isn't about emptying your mind. It's about filling it with the word of God. So we shall sing a song in just a moment, which is a prayer, and we'll sing this together. And it includes these words, take your truth and plant it deep in us. The song begins, speak, O Lord. Take your truth, plant it deep in us. And that's our prayer, just for the next 50 minutes, is that as we look at these verses from Romans, as we have an opportunity to sing, to pray, to listen, to be quiet on our own for several minutes, there'll be some of that. Don't be afraid of the silence. We pray that the Lord will begin that slow, growing work as he plants his truth deep within us. If you have a a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn to Romans chapter 8 and verse 12, and it's there on the screen too, so if you prefer to look up there, or look local. What we're going to do is quietly now on your own, if you could just read that. Read it slowly to yourself. And then a moment after that, Jackie will come and she'll read it to you. We need sometimes to read things through a number of times, don't we, for it to uh, sink in. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh... You will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. We have time now for you to sit quietly. I'm thinking of like the coffee illustration of the water slowly percolating through, filtering gradually through. Pray that the Lord will speak to you through these words. Some of you will know the context tremendously well. 
Others may not. Maybe glance back and forward a little. Let's have a few minutes. I'm rushed to dwell on these. Let me pray for us as we do that. Lord, what do we see about you in these verses? There is so much that you reveal of yourself. Lord, what do we see about human beings? And Lord, what are you saying to us personally about both of those things? Help us, we pray. Speak to us, we pray, as we look at your word. Plant it deep within us. Amen. I don't know how you found that experience of silence in the church for a few minutes, looking at those verses. If you'd like to um, turn to the people sitting near you, and it's good for us to encourage one another with maybe what struck us when we read it. I read something that a commentator, a Bible commentator wrote, and it said, the meditations of the heart, this was him talking about Psalm 19, the meditations of the heart must not be smothered, but expressed in the words of our mouth for God's glory and the edification of each other. I that's lovely, isn't it, that the meditations of our heart, they can overflow to each other. So I'd encourage you for a few minutes now just to share a little of what it was like reading those and Maybe what God said to you if he said something to you as you read. Anything that jumped out to you particularly. So let's do that now. So in just a moment, uh, Saab will come and just share a, a thought with us on why we meditate. Thanks, Saab. That's great, Rob. Thanks very much indeed. I wonder how you found uh, found that exercise uh, this evening, just to sit quietly uh, and reflect on and dwell on uh, uh, on the Word of God. And uh, you know, part of the reason for wanting to do this is just to help us um, get accustomed to uh, sitting and allowing the Spirit of God to stir our hearts and, through His Word, to lift out truths that we need to know, right? Because we, if, if, let me speak for myself, not for everyone else, I forget quickly, I forget easily. Uh, my, my mind is quickly turned, my eyes are caught by other things, um, and I quickly uh, lose my poise. Um, and it's, so it's good uh, to be, uh, as Rob said, have a gobstopper in your mouth that you are constantly uh, chewing over and from time to time popping out of your mouth and thinking... Wow, that's, that's amazing, putting it back in, just to constantly carry something with you uh, through, uh, through the day. And I was, um, yeah, and part of, part, of, part of the reason for meditating is that it allows, allows God to, to speak to us uh, and really to encourage our hearts. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, the suffering that uh, is uh, mentioned uh, in this passage and the battle that we have uh, against sin. You know, we were kind of meditating, reflecting uh, on that. But it's despite those challenges and trials that we have, to be able to journey through life uh, with uh, the confidence 
that we have in who we are. We sung about that, didn't we, uh, this evening? I am who you say that I am. And part of the reason for choosing this particular passage uh, is, um, is Romans is just such a wonderful book, isn't it? He, Paul opens with uh, a really accurate and clear-eyed assessment uh, of who we are. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that our hearts are turned in on themselves and we want nothing more than what we want. And the truth that God lets us over. Uh, to those things and because of that uh, wrath has come into uh, the world the wrath of God is not something just for the eschaton it's not something purely for the end of times but actually the wrath of God is breaking in uh, to the world now and we see that as Paul opens that up actually we're all lost we are all lost there is no one who's righteous not one yeah and then you get to that bit in uh, in 321 it says but, but, and there's a turn, and all of a sudden there's a journey where Paul starts to open up uh, the amazing truth of what God has done. Yeah, that despite the fact that we were sinners, uh, God sent his son. He sent the true Adam. And because of that, uh, because of the incredible act of grace, uh, he has set aside uh, the law, he's fulfilled the requirements of the law, and we have salvation. And then we break into uh, chapter 8, and there are four incredible gems uh, in chapter 8 aren't there? There's uh, the certainty of uh, life in the spirit and there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Then he goes on to explain that we are heirs. Then he goes on uh, to reveal uh, to us and to our hearts uh, the beauty that uh, there's a future glory that's awaiting us and the fourth gem that that future glory will never be taken from us. God is good for his word. And as we find ourselves in these few verses here, uh, we are uh, looking at the truth that we are heirs with Christ. We are adopted. And the reason for carrying these verses uh, in our hearts uh, is that it gives us the ballast and the joy and the power that we need to face the trials and the battles uh, that we have. And it's, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing, is it? I know that sitting quietly, just looking at the text, uh, can seem like a bit of a wrestle, but it is worth it. It is worth chewing on that. Uh, when, I, um, when I read through this um, and meditated on this through the week, uh, the, the word that struck out to me was father. Uh, not because I had, you know, my, my father was um, uh, taken... Um, He's a really joyous man, but he had a really bad stroke, and he was incarcerated in a broken body, unable to speak, uh, when I was a young teen. Uh, and so for me, you know, when I think about father, it's difficult. Uh, for some of us here, maybe we've had really bad experience of fathers or other fathers who've been taken away from us early as well. Or we've had a really great experience. Whatever it is, um, you know, I just sat and I reflected on what it means for us as children of God to be able to look up uh, and say, Father. And I just, you know, just started to scribble things down. Uh, and these are the words that kind of uh, popped into uh, into my mind. It's a long list, but this is this is what meditation is. As you think about this, as you chew these things over, you start to open up uh, the truth that's contained in there. And it's really a joyous thing. Uh, so I've written down these things. Protector, provider, uh, one of comfort, wisdom, encourager, rebukes and corrects, unconditionality of love, a bond that can't be broken. I have an identity as his child. He's a leader. He models sacrifice, holds the family together. My values come from my father. He models a way of life, rescues from danger, patient, tender. He's a revealer of hope. The one we live for, the one our hearts are fixed on. 
He's the rule setter. He's the judge and justifier. Utterly trustworthy. Completely good. Mysterious. And as I thought about Abba, I thought about intimacy. Fun. Joy. Endearment. Never ashamed of the Father. He's the one with power and authority. The one who meets all my needs, always. Without failure. Eternally. Just as you climb inside one word, and you just carry that gobstopper with you through the day, all these words pop out and you start to see uh, the richness. And it's not just an academic exercise. As I say, it's the power for us to journey well uh, through life. Um, uh, Edwards, Jonathan Edwards, um, uh, wrote uh, this uh, about uh, the lady he was betrothed to and was going to marry. Uh, it's his fiance uh, knew what it was uh, to meditate on the word of God and knew what it was to know God personally. And uh, he writes this of her. It says, they say there is a young lady in New Haven who is beloved of the almighty being who made and rules the world and that there are certain seasons in which this great being in some way or another uh, comes to her and fills her mind with exceedingly sweet delight that she hardly cares for anything except to meditate on him. And as she does that, uh, she is of a wonderful sweetness, calmness and universal benevolence of mind, especially after those seasons in which this great God has manifested himself to her mind. She will sometimes go about from place to place, singing sweetly, and seems to be always of joy and pleasure. And no one knows for what. She loves to be alone and to wander in the fields and on the mountains, and seems to have someone invisible, always conversing with her. I don't know about you, I want that. I want that to be a lived reality for my own heart. And the more that we will allow the Spirit to bring those truths into our heart, as we sang, as we opened, to bury those treasures deep in our heart, that we might meditate on them, we might carry them through the day. My, what a joy that is. What a joy that is. That's why we meditate. Uh, my prayer is as uh, you journey through the service and, uh, well, actually, as you journey through the week, uh, meditating on uh, those six verses that the Lord's spoken to you, that he's met with you, that he's encouraged your hearts um, and, uh, yeah, incline them uh, toward him. Um, if you would like to, you know, continue to pray, then please do pray with uh, the people around you. Uh, grab, uh, grab someone. Uh, do pray with them uh, before, uh, before you go. I think just to continue that, that theme of, uh, of meditation, let me just uh, close with some words uh, from Philippians, uh, as Paul writes to the church there. He says this, And it is my prayer uh, that your love for the Lord Jesus may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen.